You are excellent communicators, motivators, and promoters. At work, you build morale and company spirit. You value excellence and accomplishment and truly enjoy helping others discover how to shine. Even when you're not coaching others, you often inspire people to become like you in some way. You believe in yourself and invest time and energy in developing your talents. You see life as an opportunity to offer what talents you have to give to the world. You're adaptable and willing to learn another way and to change. You deeply enjoy working with others towards shared goals and you do not need to outshine them. Others are impressed by your realness and heartfelt sincerity. You model honesty, simplicity, and authenticity, and it inspires people. You don't try to impress others or inflate your importance. Rather, you see your limitations and appreciate your talents without taking yourself too seriously. You're touchingly genuine and affectionate. You're a hero and a role model who inspires others by your outstanding achievements, humility, and warmth. Who else could I be describing but the Enneagram 3, the Achiever? Welcome to The Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high-performing mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. We're your hosts, Randy Barrage and Sarah Colantonio. Our intention for The Behaviorist podcast is to share accessible, concrete practices you can weave into your whole life to begin a shift towards joy and meaningful achievement. We're so grateful to have our exceptional friends and Enneagram 3s, Jennifer Powell, Director of Development at Central Pennsylvania Food Bank, Sarah Payne, Impact Consulting Manager at Assets, and Will Kiefer, Founder and Director of Benchmark Program, and Randy, our Vice President at Work Wisdom. I know you're co-hosting, but you're an Enneagram Type 3 too, aren't you? <laughs> I am, for, for better or for worse. <laughs> All right. I love it. So let's get into it. Great. Uh, so we're going to do a quick uh, defining of the Enneagram for those new to it and the type three, the achiever. Uh, and then we're going to move into some interview and talk with our guests that are joining us today. So the Enneagram is an ancient system that offers insights into the nine different ways in which people feel, think, and behave. These nine types are defined by a particular core belief about how the world works. This core belief drive a person's deepest motivations and fears, shaping their perspective and worldview. The Enneagram can help us not only understand ourselves better, but those around us. Enneagram type threes, the success-oriented pragmatic type. They are adaptable, excelling, driven, and image conscious. They're named the achiever because they're on a perpetual journey to achieve success in their environment. They long to be celebrated for their successes, and those successes are defined by their social spheres they live and work within. Threes are very relational, yet repress emotions in order to preserve an image of strength and success. They are also labeled as chameleons as they are naturally gifted at adjusting or morphing themselves into whatever atmosphere they find themselves in. Threes are known to struggle with workaholism and competitiveness. Type threes have a basic fear of being worthless or a failure. To counteract this, they look for ways to win in life, reassuring themselves they are valuable. Their key motivations are to be affirmed, to distinguish themselves from others, to have attention and to be admired. Unhealthy threes seek approval and reassurance from others to fulfill their fear of being worthless. They struggle with vanity and maintaining their image to those around them, losing themselves in the process. When healthy, threes can and do achieve great things. They tend to be confident, energetic, and humble role models who can inspire others. Of all types, they most believe in themselves, inspiring those around them. All right. Thank you, Randy. Uh, so I want to start with a question for all of you. Uh, how did you come to learn your type? And what was the thing that made it hit so close to home? Um, Jennifer, what about you? Do you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. So um, I first learned about the Enneagram and my type uh, as I was uh, involved with uh, executive coaching with Work Wisdom. So as part of my plan, uh, we did the Enneagram test, and that's when I found out that I was a three. 
Um, and it really was, it made a lot of sense to me because when I read about it, that truly was the type of person that I was. Um, I've always been fascinated with like, you know, Myers-Briggs and the DISC assessment. This really was um, something that I, I appreciated even more because of the motivation behind it. And it wasn't just like, you know, this is a type extrovert, introvert, but just the motivation behind why I was uh, a three. So I really appreciate knowing it. And it's fascinating. It is so fascinating. Yeah. Will, what about you? Sure. I, well, Randy, in the introduction, you said chameleon. And my Enneagram test results came back three, two, and seven. And I, I, you know, couldn't figure that out for the longest time. And it was that, like, I've never had a spirit animal. I'm not a big, like, what's your spirit animal kind of guy. When I was told that, like, the chameleon is kind of the animal reference to a three, it clicked with me. And I've, I, I haven't always thought that's a good thing to be able to morph when you're in different contexts in relation to other people. Um, but I think learning about three has helped me to celebrate that and question it a little bit less. That's awesome. I'm sure too, Will, as being kind of the CEO and founder of a company that like having that ability in some ways can be like such a huge strength for you too. Yeah. And Jennifer, I know you know this too, from the, the development and fundraising perspective, um, being able to shift to kind of meet relational dynamics is an incredible asset. And I think it's worth celebrating as a skill set of threes. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Absolutely. Sarah, what about you? Yeah. So I learned about the Enneagram. We had um, one of my coworkers started talking about it one time at lunch and we were like, what is this thing? And the more she talked about it, the more I was like, I need to know more about this. Um, so took the assessment and I think similar to Will, I had a variety of numbers at the top and was trying to figure out which one really am I? Um, and so I, I definitely relate to that, you know, the feeling of being a chameleon and, and you, we change how we present and how we even think of ourselves sometimes, depending on the situation. But the thing that, uh, made it hit home for me was I heard that, um, you know, looking at the negative aspects of type, the one that makes you most cringe and makes you feel so called out is the one that you probably are. So when I was reading, you know, the downsides of the red flags with three, as you know, you start caring too much about status, you start driving yourself to, you know, meet others' expectations. I was like, ooh, out, <laughs> that's me. Uh, so I think I identified with that first, um, but then learning about the rest of the attributes of the three, um, I think it, it made total sense. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say to Sarah, like I identify a lot with that because I always joke of like my story of finding the Enneagram was I had to take it for work as well with Sarah. And I was on an airplane when I was reading my assessment. And I remember getting to the unhealthy and negative aspects. Like I wanted to jump off the airplane. I was like, it was just too much to process at the time. Um, but it was also great. I think one of the things that I identified with originally too was um, the feeling of like the motivating um, drive for a three being shame. And I feel like that's something I feel a lot uh, with what drives like what I do. Like, you know, I want to show up at work well, so I don't feel shame of not seeming like a good employee or not seeming like a good friend. Mm -hmm. um, and I think what also helped kind of settle me in on being a three was going through that experience with Sarah. And I remember after we both found out and we did our debriefs, we were getting like coffee together. We we're like, we need to talk about being a three. And it was a very three meeting where we both showed up with notes and Enneagram books <laughs> and we're talking through it and just kind of like affirming that like, oh, other people have this worldview and maybe others don't um, really kind of settled me into like, this is kind of, I think, where where I am um, and kind of who I am. And it gave me a much better context for some of those things. Well, did you have something to add yeah, to that? There was this like this concept of feelings as for us as threes that we can navigate them very well, but that we don't experience them to the level that we can receive them from others. That to me was like, it's just always been so confusing. And to read that we're in this feeling center as threes. So we can take that in, we can give it back out, but like internally, at least for me as a three, my emotions are just like a black box that I don't, I don't really like it's there. I recognize them that they're in there, but I don't bother with them. I can just, I can handle everyone else's, but mine, I'll just let them be. 
It's a very yeah. three thing that I, that resonates. Okay. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Like we're motivated by feelings, right? And we experience them all the time, but I feel like it doesn't, it doesn't penetrate that deep, right? Like I remember I had one time where I was doing yoga and the instructor was saying, you know, we carry a lot of emotion in our hips. So when you do this next exercise, like tap into your emotions. And so I like start doing like, you know, stretch and I was like, Oh my God, what is this? I feel so many things <laughs> there. Yeah. Yeah. So we totally... hold them, but we don't always, you know, yeah, it's not always front of mind that like we're acting out of our feelings or whatever. Jennifer, yeah. is that resonating? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I was surprised that three was the feeling like in the feeling center, because I've always really tried to be very distant, you know, step back. I don't want to be overly emotional. I don't want to, you know, and so when finding that it was kind of like, huh, but then thinking about it a little more, you know, I, I kind of like, will. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm totally like taking your, <laughs> but I like put it in a box, you know, and compartmentalize and, um, you know, just really try to take, uh, take that away. And I, I've, always felt like that was like a weakness. Um, and, you know, again, discovering more about this, it's it's something that I've, I've tried to be better about um, and pull out a little bit more. So that that's the other thing that I think is uh, really fascinating about the, you know, my word for the day fascinating about the Enneagram is that, you know, you can start thinking about these, these characteristics and then, you know, trying to, you know, move, small baby steps, but to, to kind of move away from some of those stressors or, or, um, or more um, negative sides of the, the, the number. So yeah, definitely resonates. That's fascinating. I feel like I'm learning so much because I'm an Enneagram nine and in health, I go to three. So I feel like I'm very fortunate today to learn all about what you get out of being a three. <laughs> it's so exciting. Well, what were you going to say? Well, I no, I was going to resonate like the this idea. So in the fitness world, which Benchmark's involved in, um, Sarah, the whole concept of like your your emotions are in this movement as something that I have struggled with always. Like I just tune that part out when an instructor says to like get in touch with the inner emotions. I'm like that may be for everyone else in the room, but not doesn't apply me. to me. Yeah. yeah. And Jennifer, it's, I I'm sure I'm sure we all get this, but like when we have like our emotions as we try and figure them out, other people can bring them to us because we can handle other people's emotions. So like we're in this balance of as leaders, let's, um, let's help our team out. Let's be the sounding board. If you're having a bad day, bring it to me. And then we're trying to neg carefully tease apart our own emotions yeah. to balance. Yeah, absolutely. Especially on, you know, I heard describing, I think we, we all feel detached from our core emotion, which is kind of that heart uh, area which I think exists in a, in a few of the other numbers in the Enneagram as well. I think it's three sixes and nines are, are most detached from, from their, for their triad in some ways. And it was interesting. I had a meeting with somebody recently and they were like, you know, I had to process this big decision and I just had to sit with it in my body. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I, I, I don't know how I could do that and come away with an answer. Um, it was just interesting. And I, to that end as well, what I always explain is like, I started realizing as I had the language around the Enneagram three, that I approach almost every kind of opinion or decision or what I'm saying with, I feel dot, 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 you know, it's never, I think, or I know I I'm always saying, I, I, how, how are my emotions instinctively dictating this situation? Um, so that, that's something that I've kind of like picked up on over the past two or so years of knowing more about the Enneagram. Um, yeah, so the, the next question um, that we had for you all was, how has learning about your type changed your perspective of yourself at work or how you interact with others? Sarah, how did, how did this question hit you or how do you feel about that? Um, yeah, I think it, it, it made a lot of sense uh, being a type three and thinking about how I, I work with others and how I show up at work. Um, you know, I think my boss knew that I was a type three before I did because I was constantly, you know, trying to overperform always, you know, if he asked me to do one thing, I did 10. And so, yeah, I think he was keyed into that even, even before I was. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've always prided myself on, on working really hard. You know, if I have limitations, um, like I embrace that, but I feel like by working hard, I can overcome it. Right. So I feel like that has been my kind of sense of value at work. Um, 
you know, for a long time that like, I just, I work harder than anyone. And I think that makes me successful. Um, in terms of how I interact with others, it really helped me to realize that the Enneagram type three is in the aggressive stance versus withdrawn or dependent. So, you know, there are times where, you know, maybe I feel like a discussion or decision is moving too slowly and I'm just inside like boiling because I'm like, why can't we just figure this out? Like, let's just get an answer and move forward. Like we just keep like circling back or going down a rabbit trail and it's like, oh my gosh. So I feel like I definitely relate to that aggressive stance and the forward looking aspect of that, you know, thinking about the future, like drive, drive, drive. Um, and some types are not like that. So, right, we have to have some patience and, you know, let people process in their ways. But yeah, if it was up to me, it would just be like, go, go, go all the time. Yeah, Sarah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Do you did you find prior to the Enneagram that you instinctively thought of yourself as aggressive? Because I feel we've talked about this before, where sometimes in those situations, it, it feels like my brain is on a runaway train of aggression and feelings and wanting to reach that decision. I don't even like I know I'm doing it, but I can't necessarily stop myself from doing it. Um, so did you find before the Enneagram, you thought of yourself as an aggressive person? I didn't No, I mean, especially when you say an aggressive person, like, I feel like I'm pretty easygoing. And you know, like, I think that's part of the three too, that you try to yeah. just blend in with the others. And like, you're just one of the group, like, I'm not like the out there pushing aggressive type. But I think when I also thought about like, in terms of the world stance and what it means, you know, ag aggressive means you're responsible for your future. If you want something, it's up to you. It's not going to come to you. It's not going to be given to you by someone else. Like you have to go get the thing. I think that made a lot of sense to me for, you know, being in that aggressive type. So once I learned more about it, I was like, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. I'm a little bit, I move aggressively in the world. I suppose if I want something, I'm going to do it, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't think that was something that occurred to me before taking, you know, the Enneagram. So that's been super helpful in terms of how I show up at work and how I work with others. That's really interesting. Will, how have, how have you thought about this, this question? Well, I think, Sarah, I think you just enlightened me a little bit in like that aggression, because I don't feel like an aggressive three either. In fact, I, I kind of tend towards the nine where I'm like, I'm mediating and trying to see all sides. But the aggression part is 100% just pushing, pushing, pushing. So the Enneagram gave me, first of all, like awareness of the other types, because my team, you know, we have a different, I'm really lucky to have a team that's all different, represents all different numbers on the Enneagram. Um, so understanding that language, but it was awareness for me, first and foremost, um, as I try and figure out like how to be a more sophisticated three, just awareness that like my work and I are so closely tied together that we're like one thing. Like people think about me and they think of benchmark program, they think of benchmark program and they think of me. So that's work. That's work for me to pull those apart. And without understanding my type, I don't think I would have recognized you know, as silly as it sounds, I don't think I would have recognized the level to which I'm tied to my work um, and how that might be something to work on. So I'm, I'm thankful for that uh, awareness. That's great. And that is a, a very common pitfall of the threes is really identifying themselves as the work they do, um, which can, you know, when we go to the intro and read the great things, you know, threes can and do achieve great things. And a lot of that comes from that, that drive and some of those tendencies to really fully throw themselves at whatever they're interested in. But understanding and having that awareness of when you may be going too far or when you need to separate it out and realize, you know, there's there's more to your personhood outside of, you know, what you're doing, you know, for work or your job or your company, um, which is a, is a common challenge for threes. Jennifer, how, how have you thought about this? So, um, you know, I have always been like, bossy pants, super competitive, you know, again, so some of these total classic um, three things. I mean, like to the death, I want to win at Monopoly, whatever board game, Scrabble, you know, I mean, really bad. Like I have, um, I have messed up relationships over a card game, you know, like really bad. So, you know, learning again, learning more about this and definitely I've always thought of myself as aggressive. Um, so that wasn't surprising to me. I more or less thought of it in like 
assertive, you know, like I'm going in out there and I'm getting it, not, not in a negative sense. Um, but, um, yeah, I have always been that way. So this has helped me to kind of, you know, really take a step back and say, you know, chill, Jennifer, chill down. It's, you know, it's not the end of the world. If you lose this card game, it's not the end of the world. If you are not getting, you know, the Scrabble triple word or whatever. Um, and as far as it work, I mean, I just want to shine. I, I want to get the the pat on the head, the attaboy. You know, I want to be at the front of the, you know, the picture. I want, you know, I want to, um, you know, do all of that. And so I work really hard so I can, it's not that I just want to move right there to the front. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to prove it. I'm going to do everything that needs to um, uh, happen at the sort of fault of my own self. So I am working way too long or taking on way too many responsibilities and not doing anything well. Um, so again, just really having this awareness of, you know, close your mouth when there's another um, project coming up, even though you know how to do it and you'll do it the right way and everything will be good to just close my mouth and let it flow. Um, again, it's like, you know, it's not the end of the world. You're not going to be, you know, looked at as like a bad person because you didn't add this on. So, you know, I just really appreciated the awareness of this. And I, I want to mention, you know, Will said something about, you know, that um, identification with your work. I, I had a really difficult time. I left a job that I was with for 12 years and it was a bit of a um, not so not so great um, exit. And afterwards, I was literally incapacitated. I didn't know who I was. I was the executive. That's who I was. That was my entire life, everything. And um, that period of mourning and grief, because it, it, it was it was just really a really challenging time. And so as I've moved on in other positions, I've really been very conscious of that because that that was that was devastating. It was devastating. You know, who am I? What do I do? Where do I go? You know, this is all I've known because I was so um, I so represented myself um, with that job. And um, so, again, this awareness and being more conscious of things um, can really help in the, the long run to not kind of fall into some of these really stressed situations that I've been in the past. So, yeah, thank you. Randy, what about you? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I feel it really highlighted for the first time or put into words maybe the positives and negatives that I may bring to a workplace, which I don't, I don't know if I, if I deeply understood those things prior, I think inherently, which you all can probably relate to. I knew, I knew I was a hard worker. Um, I knew I was driven. I knew I was ambitious, but contextualizing how that could be channeled into a positive example for others around me. I don't think I really understood that. And I don't think I was aware of some of those things that, that I had the ability to do that. Um, However, on the negative ends, there was also a lot of like really enlightening things. I think a lot of times I, I do feel wrapped up in my own head of, you know, productivity and my work and what I'm doing that I don't realize sometimes the draining effect that can have on those I do work with, where if I'm sending, you know, emails at, you know, nine at night or sending things on weekends that that can inherently stress out the people I'm working with and make them feel like they need to be doing them those things when that's not my intention or I wasn't even aware that that was having that effect or that my mood or my demeanor in a meeting, that aggressiveness that Sarah was talking about, like, I don't realize the effect that can have on those other in the meeting where people will come up and they'll be like, oh, are you okay? Like what happened there? And I'm like, nothing. I was just like, I wanted to get a decision made. I wanted to get this done. I was moving it forward. Nothing's wrong. Um, so I think understanding the effect that I can have on those around me for better or worse has been, has been really kind of something new to me that I've enjoyed learning through the Enneagram. That brings us to our next question. I love this question because it's, what do you love the most about being a three? Will, what about you? What do you love the most about being a three? Uh, it seems so in studying this, it kind of fits in what's the dominant culture here in the States is this, like we are achievers, we work hard and we get results. And like to the extreme of that culture, we don't sleep that much. 
Randy were sending emails late at night, like send them late at night, send them early in the morning, let people know you are going to outwork them. So that feels good. I recognize that that's not healthy, but I have to admit, it does feel good to just like be in line with what feels like kind of the American culture. Um, and there's a lot of work to be done in that, but I, we talked about pats on the back and how powerful they are for threes. It feels like a cultural pat on the back. Sure. So I do enjoy that for better or worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. It is. I, I, I've read that, that the U S is it's an Enneagram three at its core, really going for it. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Jennifer, what about you? What do you absolutely love about being a three? I think what I love the most about being a three is just, um, you know, I, I really want to, I want to help. I want to, I want to, um, help her. I, I do have a two wing, so I, you know, so, <laughs> but, um, just pr- take the, the skills that I have and contribute that to the good of the world, you know? And so I'm in nonprofit. I, I want to, you know, take all of this energy and, and all of the, the motivation and the, I'm rightness. No, no, the, you know, learn, you know, I can teach you, I can, but it's all from a pure place of wanting to share um, my skills and my love or whatever with others. Um, so I'm probably not articulating very, very well, but that is just something that has resonated. And I've always been that way. I've always been that type of person. And so I think that's what, what, you know, drew me to my, my career. Um, but yeah, I really like that part about the three. So good. Sarah. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you just said, Jennifer. I love the fact that for the three, um, as you said, Sarah, in the intro with, you know, we see life as an opportunity to offer our talents to the world to make it better. And like, I love that that's our MO. Like, that's freaking awesome, you know? So, and we try to make ourselves better so that we can make the world better, right? And I think the other thing that I like um, and is a challenge sometimes, you know, on the flip side of it, is having those really high standards, right? For ourselves, but also for those around us and for the world, right? Like we are not content for things to just be okay or like, it's fine. Like, no, it can be better. I can be better. We can be better. The world can be better. Um, and so- I love like, having that drive, right? Um, again, there's a shadow side to some of this stuff, but uh, we're focusing on what we love. So uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that as, as what I love about being a three. That's great. Thank you, Sarah. Randy, what do you love? Yeah, being a yeah I, was, I was going to agree with everything that everyone has said thus far. I, I really do enjoy and anyone would like to hear that they're a success oriented person and that they're, you know, achieving things and having accomplishments. And I love that. Um, but I do like Sarah was just mentioning, I love that I care about my work and my job and that can be a pitfall for me at points, but I, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't even fathom being a person who wasn't fully invested in what I was doing and wanting to see that be better. Like it's, it's not conceivable to my brain to to have that mindset um to be a clock in clock out type of person it's just not me and it will never be me and i do really like that um and one of the other things that i've really enjoyed is i do find that because of that care and that passion that when times are tough or when there's a crisis that i i'm a person who naturally will kind of rise to the occasion and i really love that about myself um, that I know I'll kind of show up when when someone really needs to show up. And it may be as a reluctant leader occasionally, but I, I find I will will kind of always take that mantle when I feel it really needs to be taken. And I, I do really like that about myself. A hundred percent. That's so well said. And I think it's that even, again, not to come off as super vain, but I think it's a safe place here with threes. Like we know we can do it, right? Like when things get tough, we are going to be the ones to do well you know, and we can lead in those tough situations. And I'm saying that with a healthy dose of humility, hopefully. Yeah, Sarah, that's, that's funny. Reflecting on what I had said in the intro of, you know, threes are of all types, the most self-assured. And it's not always something we want to admit and say these things out loud, like what you just Mm -hmm. said, but we do really believe in ourselves. And it is nice to have that confidence. Not that we don't doubt ourselves, which we all do at very deep (laughs) levels occasionally, but we do at the end of the day, really believe in ourselves and the work we do. 
how would you kind of um, provide advice or what do you want others to know about threes given some of that? Um, Will, what do you think about that? What, uh, what advice would you give to others? Yes. So the, I love this. I love this articulation of like when things get tough, like we're there. But for me, the advice that I wish I'd heard earlier on was that like achievement isn't just like a singular thing. I personally, as a three, get in this mindset, like all achievement has to route back to me. Somehow there has to be a tie-in at everything at my organization has to tie back to me. And that's just not true. And that's something that I've built up over growing up as a three, just like if you want achievement, you've got to go out and get it, you get it on your own. But in the real world to be big time successful, achievement has to be more than just you. It can be delegation. Achieving something through delegating can be just as valuable as you doing it on your own. And that's some advice that I needed a long time ago. Really great. Jennifer, what would you say? What advice would you have for other threes? Rest, <laughs> you know, like take, no, I'm serious. I, you know, we're so driven that, you know, we do not take time. You know, it's just like, let's go, let's go, let's go. So rest would be one, but also, you know, that it's okay that if you're not number one or you're not, I mean, I would internalize losing as like, I am the worst being on this planet again, because I lost a Scrabble game, you know, but, you know, so not to internalize that, but uh, so I think it would be, you know, rest and, and be with yourself and you don't have to achieve anything. You don't have to win anything. Um, so, so I think that would be it. And that also that it's, it's not the end of the world. If, if you're not number one or you're not the, the best or the brightest, it's okay. It really is okay. That's great. Sarah has, has any of that resonated with you or how do you feel about kind of what, what, what advice you would give to others? Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, what you both just said, um, I think for me, the, the affirmation that I would give to others is uh, your value isn't what you can do and what you can produce. Your value is who you are, um, even in a work setting, right? Like I recently had a colleague, you know, tell me, you know, you weren't hired just to do things. You were hired to like bring you as your whole person. And I was like, what? No, like I'm only here to do things. And if I'm not doing the things really well, like what am I doing? So um, yeah, just that encouragement to, to find value in, in who you are, not just what you do. And I think a very kind of practical application of that in terms of advice that I got was to do one of your hobbies and do it in a way that no one's going to see the result, right? Like where you're not judging the results. So uh, yeah, I like to sketch sometimes, but every time it's like, if it's bad, it's like, oh, like I can't do anything right. Like throw away the sketchbook, like never pick it up again. You know what I mean? Um, or, you know, if I'm out for a run, it's like, oh, well, I didn't hit like my pace that I wanted. And I have to literally tell myself sometimes like, it is okay to go slow, just like be out here, like enjoying the world when I'm on a run and like the sun is shining. It's all good. You don't have to kill yourself on this run. Um, so I think that's, that's a continual challenge for me, but that advice to, to do something and nobody is watching and even you don't have to put like a standard to it. Super challenging. Yeah. 100%. I, I feel a lot of what I would relate to other threes and by other threes, I also mean myself a lot of times is that not every day is the Super Bowl and it's okay if it's uh, the preseason or the Pro Bowl game where nobody cares and they're sitting in Hawaii <laughs> drinking margaritas and not really caring about the game that not every day, you know, I need to show up like it's the end all be all to who I am as a person, which I can feel that way a lot of times. And it's, it's tough to get out of the cycle of waking up on Saturday morning and instantly your brain is going, well, I have my coffee by seven 30, I can get to the gym by eight o'clock. And then if I'm back from the gym, I can get into a little bit of work and then I can get to the group. I'm like, wait, it's my Saturday. I can take a step back and it's okay to invest in things in my time in restful ways and leisure activities. How do you that do that see. though? Yeah, like, that's what I'm unsure of. It I sounds great as I'm saying it. already in my head. And I'm like, how do, like, I, I, there's this thing called the no expectations day, right? That I heard about on some other podcasts. They're like, yeah, like, you know, once every few months, just take a day where there's no expectations, do whatever you want. And I'm like, I don't think I've ever had a day like that in my life. And I don't, how would that even work? Yeah. And how so could you true. be, how could you be 
how could I as a three be okay with not doing anything for a day? Oh, so I've been trying to do that. And then I feel guilt. Yes. Gosh, you know, so I'm like, I really got to lean into this, this rest and this no expectation. And I'm just going to chill. And then like at the end of the day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't, I feel this guilt. And that's, that's part of the growth though, is to accept that feeling and, you know, try to sit with it as much as I don't want to, you know, but um, yeah, it's hard because you feel guilt. You feel like, like, wow, I didn't do anything. Nothing got accomplished. What am I? Wow. Yeah. And then it's like perversely, like, well, I have to be the best at resting. I'm going to be the best rester ever. I'm going to relax so good today. It's going to be, I'm going to crush it, you know, which is like so antithetical to what the purpose even is. Yeah. I, I didn't even realize I did that, Sarah, until you just said it. Where like, I glorify, I'm like my steps on my Apple for my iPhone are going to be under 500. I'm going to eat two pizzas and <laughs> I'm going to rest so hard. And I think about that with like things I see by like the rock on his cheat days where he's a three and he's like, let me eat this entire plate of cookies just to show the world that I can do this. And um, yeah, it is so true, Sarah. Threes are it's like, there's nothing in moderation. There's no, mm-hmm. and I understand that is a healthy thing. My mom told me that all my life, like, just go moderate. Why can't you do moderation? It's like, if I'm going to eat salad, I'm going to eat a lampshade full of salad. As much as Heck I- yeah. Yeah. I, I literally, when I was uh, in school and I remember, especially in high school, my, my mom would have to tell me at night when I was staying up late, studying, working on projects or on weekends to be like, don't work so hard. Like, it's okay. Go to bed, like hang out with your friends. Like you don't need, like, why are you working this hard? Which like most kids don't need that from their parents. You know, at that age, it's like, do your homework, you know, like study. And I, I had to be told to chill out by my parents because it was like, yeah, nothing in moderation. If I have to do the thing, it's going to be done 110%. Nothing else is an option. I love it. It's so insightful to hear this. I, I have a, I have a, I have a big question as, as not a three, as an outsider here, what, what is it that you want um, others to know about threes. If there's one thing um, that you wanted others to know about threes, what what would it be? Jennifer, you got something? Hmm, I don't know. Let me think. What would I want someone to know about the threes? That I think I think that you know we are real assets to you know. You can depend on us. We're we're gonna get it done. We're gonna do the best, and it is it is an asset to any environment, whether it's the work environment, whether it's the home environment. You know, we're gonna get the house clean. We're gonna you know whatever it is that you can depend on us, and we are very very trustworthy and dependable because we're gonna get it done and we're gonna do it well. Love it, Sarah such a good question. I think for me, where my mind goes to answering this question is wanting people to know that even when it seems like we have it all together, uh, there's still some vulnerability and, and pain underneath that. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't know what I would necessarily want people to, to do with that, but I think just understanding sometimes we like to even think of ourselves as, you know, robots or just productivity machines and, and we're not, we're human. Um, as much as sometimes that feels icky, even to me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would answer it that way, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think part of the reason why this is such a tough question is like, as a three, we're not thinking about what you're thinking. I mean, mm-hmm. we're thinking about perception, but like you're doing your job and I'm doing my job. So I don't want like, just do your job and I'll get like, and the thing is we do want, I do want feedback. I want to know, I want to know your perspective because I, th- I think that's valuable, but I'm unlikely to solicit it from you. You have to bring that to me because mm-hmm. you got to understand I'm in my lane over here doing what I think I've got to get done. So I know I need some perspective, but I'm probably not going to go out and get it. And that's a challenge. Mm. Randy, Great. what about you? Yeah, mine. My answer is pretty simple, I think, and it's almost potentially it feels too cheesy for a three to say that it's almost a bit vomit inducing for me um, (laughs) that I feel all of us were consistently praised for our 
uh, our drive, our work ethics. And I feel I know that about myself. And it's nice to hear those things. It fills up my ego tank a little bit as a three to get those every now and then. Um, but really, I think also threes want to be appreciated for who they are as whole human beings. And to have that kind of recognition that like, just as a person, you enjoy my company and you enjoy having me on your team or at work with you, not because of all the productive things I'm going to do for you, but because you enjoy who I am. Um, so that's a big one that I would recognize that we don't always want feedback on our productivity because let's be real. We know that's there. We want it for who we are as a person. For sure. So good. That's so good. That's really good. Thank you. Yeah, I guess uh, our next question is we wanted to read off a few famous threes and a few fictional threes. And uh, I'll be asking a follow-up question to that. So these are some, um, if they're a actual person, they've been, they've taken the Enneagram, they've identified themselves, or if they're a fiction, they've been uh, assumed to be that type. Um, so a few famous and fictional threes are Oprah, Tiger Woods, Lady Gaga, Tony Robbins, Don Draper from Mad Men, Draco Malfoy from Harry Potter, Gaston from Beauty and the Beast, and Odysseus from The Odyssey. So other threes, you know, my fellow threes, when you hear those, what, what are the qualities within them that you most relate to? What about them makes you cringe a bit slightly? I'm going to go with Sarah on this one first. Yeah, all of these people, I mean, they're like magnanimous, like, you know them, right? They're, they're leaders. Um, so I think, you know, that's the positive side of it. I mean, the other, as you went on the list and we start thinking about, you know, some of these people that are like obsessed with their own vanity, like Gaston and Beauty and the Beast, the point where like, it's really comical. He sings songs about how much he loves himself, but it's like, mm, maybe I sing songs in my head sometimes about how great I am. Um, or, you know, Draco Malfoy, where it's like, he's always like conniving. There's a plan, like he's, he's gonna, but I'm like, I, I don't know. I kind of do that sometimes. Like I can be a little bit like sneaky. I put on the happy face, right? Like about, you know, I'm not plotting, but I can be sometimes, you know? So yeah, I, I identify with, with a few of those. That's great. What about you, Jennifer? So I thought this was absolutely um, fascinating. Again, my word for the day when I uh, did the Enneagram and started um, sort of like researching who else um, was an, any, uh, a three. And when I was a kid, I said I was going to grow up to be Oprah, the next Oprah Winfrey. Like that was my goal. Like I, I'm going to grow up. I'm going to be the next Oprah Winfrey. So when I read that she was a three, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, that's why even as a, 15 year old or 13 year old kid, I identified with just her strength. And, you know, Sarah said it, badassness, like, you know, yeah, I, I can do this. I'm smart. I can come into any room. I can command that room. I can get in front of, uh, you know, a thousand people and speak so eloquently and charm and everything, you know, and so I just related so much to, to Oprah. Um, as far as like the sort of negative side, I guess, or, you know, um, places where that is, is something that I, I really struggled to try not to, to fall in is that external val validation and just, you know, always wanting to, um, to present in such a way that I was perfect. I was smart. I was all of those things. And um, I felt like Oprah, even again, I'm going, you know, she lost all that weight, you know, and I've, I've had a weight problem. And, you know, so it's just like, just everything around with her, I've, I've really been able to relate to um, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of the, the unfortunate um, stressor side I've, I've experienced um, as being a nine. Um, I've, I've had anxiety attacks um, on camera when I was being, was interviewed because I messed up and I was just so devastated with myself that all of a sudden I couldn't breathe and I'm on camera. So it made it even worse because I messed up the word and then I looked crazy because I just, just was stymied. So, um, so yeah, I think for me, when I read down that list, um, I definitely identify with all of them. Muhammad Ali is also uh, a three, Bill Clinton, you know, so it's just like people like all through my life that I've really been able to relate and resonate. 
super interesting. And yeah, thank you for sharing that and how you relate to them. It's it's really insightful. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. Will, how, how do you feel when you kind of hear that list? Well, I Jennifer said something that's spot on, like being able to enter a room and command that room or just have a presence. Like that's Oprah, that's Tony Robbins. I guess it's also Voldemort if that's, or Draco, <laughs> you know, at the negative. But I've never been to a Tony Robbins seminar, but I've seen clips of it. And like, that's, there's no moderation there. That's like, this is all, I'm giving you all of my stuff and you need to use it because this is the way to do it. And that seems very threeness. Like that seems very three to me. Um, I get, I think I see here displayed some of the, like the negative way that that could go. Um, but I'm honing in on that, like presence created by some of these threes, like national, international presence. And that, like that feels similar. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, you know, as I kind of hear those as well on the, on the positive end, a lot of what you've all said of, uh, there's something I've always loved the idea of those who are willing to put in the work and go that extra mile. And when I see some of those people on the list, or I think of, I know Sarah Payne will enjoy this one, but Tom Brady and hearing the stories of he has a golf tournament and he's still running, you know, laps and doing workouts and stretches in the parking lot. And people are like, why are you doing this? And he's like, because I'm going to win the Super Bowl next year. And, you know, Kobe Bryant, and when you hear the work ethic he had, and like, I, there's something that I really, really feel and value with those type of people who are willing to put in that time. Um, so it makes me really proud to be even tangentially related to them through the Enneagram. Um, and on the negative side, I think in fiction, it's, it's really hard for me sometimes, or even with these real people, when you see their flaws and see their pitfalls, or what an unhealthy area can look like, because I do in some way see that within myself or know I can go that direction. And it's really hard to come to terms with that um, and see that, that that is a potential if, if I'm not careful and if I don't monitor some of these things or understand what it looks like to be more in touch with yeah my, my tendencies. So I found that really interesting. Um, so we are going to move into our wrap-up question for our guests and that is moving forward, what do you hope further understanding of the Enneagram can do to improve the work you do? I'm gonna kick this one off with Will. I think in in brief, it's it's the language. Like this is a language that we could be speaking to each other, to our teams, to our families. And if we don't even recognize that this is another language, um, it only hurts us. So further study of like, our own threeness and others, it's like a whole new level of communication that we have. And I think that improves all areas of our lives. Thanks so much. Sarah? Yeah, for me, I think further understanding of the Enneagram, I would hope that it helps me to understand people better. Um, again, just finding that empathy um, and also the value and in, in the strengths that other types bring that maybe I wouldn't see traditionally as a strength, like in myself, right? But, um, you know, the equanimity of a nine, like, I love that, like in an organization, you know, so just learning more and seeing all the value that, you know, these different types can bring to, to a group, whether that's at work or, or just in life. So, yeah, I, I think just further understanding of the Enneagram to, um, yeah, help make us more well-rounded people, right? And that it's okay to tap into these other, these other numbers. And, you know, like I said, that they all have these great values and, personally trying to be more nine like sometimes because I can be a little intense and I'm just like something about nines they're just so chill like I want to be like that so I don't know but hopefully learning more about you know yeah again just how to be well-rounded that's great and Jennifer yeah I I mean I want to I'm speak more selfishly about this um for for I really want to you know continue on this journey of discovery of who I am, you know, I mentioned about that affiliation with, with work and, and, and that um, when I was, I went through the Work Wisdom Academy, plug for Work Wisdom Academy, um, but we had a session that uh, was talking about purpose and I got very emotional because I thought, you know, what is Jennifer Powell's purpose? Not as a mother, not as a worker, not as whatever, not as someone who's attractive or charming or you know everything on this outside but what is my true core 
uh, value and belief and and purpose in this world. And so, um, you know, I really want to continue to learn and go deeper because the Enneagram is so complicated, actually, when you start going, you know, down into some of these other layers. So there's so much more to learn. Um, and, you know, the 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 wings that I have, I mentioned uh, that I have a really strong two wing, but I have been leaning into like the four a little bit, trying to pull pieces. So it's just really, um, you know, it's really been um, life changing for me in some ways, uh, because it's, it's really helped me to not beat myself up so much because I'm not trying to, you know, achieve or I don't achieve or I sit back and say, okay, I'm not going to take that extra assignment. Um, but it's also been so beneficial um, for me to kind of make these changes and know, and like Will said, we have this language now and we can communicate externally, but we can also communicate with ourselves. So That's great. Thank you so much, Jennifer. And for me, um, yeah, I feel moving forward. I, I don't necessarily know if I believe in balance, <laughs> but as a three, I want to understand how I can continue to always tap into the drive I have and help propel myself and those around me in great ways, but also how do I integrate rest into that to make sure that's sustainable over the long term. Um, so I think that's the further understanding I'm hoping to have through all of this as a, as a three moving forward. Well, I, uh, I have really enjoyed hearing all of your wisdom and input. I, I want to thank our guests, Sarah, Jennifer, Will, uh, for joining us today. Thank you, listeners, for downloading The Behaviorist. We hope you'll subscribe. If interested in learning more about the Enneagram or the other awesome things Work Wisdom does, please reach out to us through our website, workwisdomllc.com where you can enjoy work wisdom press and productions as questions, listen to our past episodes and make suggestions on any topics you'd like to hear in future episodes. We're going to end this morning with a quote from our fellow three, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which is what are the keys to success? The key is there is no key. Be humble, hungry, and the hardest worker in any room. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm.